Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Are you leaking breast milk in between feedings? Now you can collect that milk rather than throw it away in your breast pads. And today's episode is also sponsored by Sheila Darling Coaching. Sheila Darling is a social worker, certified hypnotherapist, and mindfulness meditation teacher and could be your start to a more peaceful life. And we'll hear more about our sponsors later. But these sponsors make this podcast possible. Please head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page. Check there and see if you can give them any of your business. That would be awesome. And while you're there, you can scroll down and enter your email address and get these episodes sent straight to your inbox every Monday. I do it myself so I can assure you that they will be there. Maybe in your spam folder. I don't know, but check there. <laughs> Everything goes to the spam folder. Uh, you know, come on. It's so annoying. It is. Um, now Diane has our review of the week. Yes, it comes off of our iTunes. So thank you so much for putting it there. And it comes from Bama Pen. We are her late night BFFs. And she's the best kind. I know, right? I am on my third nursling and just found your podcast. Baby is now 13 days old. This was a couple months ago. I was blessed with my first child and had a really easy nursing postpartum journey. My second baby was the exact opposite. He cried for the first six months of his life. We battled reflux, weight gain. MSPI, which led to a bad case of postpartum anxiety. Going into this new baby, I had all the same worries return. We hadn't even left the hospital before the neonatologist was saying things like reflux, and he has really sensitive skin, so watch for dairy. (laughs) I've been able to go back and listen to episodes that would have been so valuable during that awful time with my second born that it's giving me reassurance and relief going forward with my third baby. I love listening to the confident, matter-of-fact manner in which you present information that just makes sense. It doesn't hurt that y'all are hilarious and make me laugh out loud. I literally feel better after listening. Thank you so much. I'll be sure to share this resource to other mamas. Thank you so much. I've had a lot of people tell me that they listen like while they're up feeding during the night. And yeah, I think that's what so else cool. can you do? I know. Get your and, little headset out and just listen to stuff and yeah. I know. It's awesome. Makes the time go by. Well, thank you so much. And we love to get your reviews and hearing your experiences. And this I think was great because it's it shows you how different babies can be from baby to baby. You know, it's like, don't we expect the next one to be just like the first one? And yeah, I know. It never happens. Never happens. So that is a great example of that. So thank you so much. And she put that on iTunes, which is really helpful to the podcast. So thank you. Go ahead and put reviews for us on iTunes. We would love it. Or you can send us an email and we will read that too at badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll get those. They usually do not go to the spam folder. So I get them and read them and respond to them. So Yeah, your personal emails don't go to the spam folder, but those email list things do. Oh, lordy. So yeah, so today we're going to talk about breast baby-friendly hospitals. Is it baby-friendly or breastfeeding-friendly? Baby-friendly. Oh, and that means breastfeeding-friendly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's funny so what does that mean so let's talk about it it is this came from the world health organization so from who and unicef started this worldwide there is a baby friendly usa that handles the hospitals here in the united states but baby friendly as a whole is a worldwide like venture i should say 
And there are certain things that you need to do to become a baby friendly hospital. Like you can't just be like, okay, I'm, we're baby friendly. Like there's this whole list of stuff that needs to be done. You have to have people come in and make sure you're doing all the right things before they say, okay, we can designate you as a baby friendly hospital. There's money involved, of course. Um, but the WHO and UNICEF launched the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative to help motivate facilities providing maternity and newborn services worldwide to implement the 10 steps to successful breastfeeding. And we're going to talk about those 10 steps so everybody knows what those 10 steps are. Um, but they summarize a package of policies and procedures that facilities providing maternity and newborn services should implement to support breastfeeding. So they call it baby friendly, but it really is supporting the breastfeeding venture. Well, breastfeeding, chest feeding is baby friendly. Exactly. Yes. So. And a lot of it too is like, you know, I mean, they don't like not talk about the breastfeeding parent through this either. So it is, you know, parent friendly, I guess you could say. Right. Because well. most people, most people, the vast majority, the large percentage of people that have babies in hospitals, their goal is to breastfeed. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so, and like in, in those hospitals, that goal is being supported while in other hospitals, for example, the one I was in and probably <laughs> many of you were in, that is not, does not seem to be the goal. So it is kind of interesting because I have had people say that they didn't know, you know, obviously what a baby friendly hospital is. Um, I wouldn't have known, you know, if I was, didn't work in this field, I didn't, yeah, I wouldn't right. have known what it was. I wouldn't have known if I was like, giving birth in one because they don't really announce it. They're not like, woohoo, we're this baby friendly right. hospital. Like, but we have one here right in my area. Um, and honestly, like, I don't know how they keep that designation, but Oh, it doesn't this, seem very friend, doesn't, baby it, friendly. No, I mean, the things that you have to follow, like the the um, breastfeeding parents that come out of there that I end up seeing, like, it doesn't, I'm like, wow, that, that's not very baby friendly activity going on there. You know, like, yeah. it's just, it's, it's weird. Um, in the United States, about a quarter, almost 30%, but hovering between like 25 and 30% of of the babies in the United States are born at baby friendly hospitals. We have like 600 here or something like that mm. in the United States worldwide. They do way better with it. Oh yeah. Worldwide. Well, because they follow the, the who yeah. the code of like um, formula marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. So which that alone would change the nature of hospitals across the board if we did that, but we would never do that because our goal is capitalism. And that really is what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to always. Yeah. So in the worldwide, there's more than 20,000 maternity facilities in 150 countries around the world. Here in the United States, we have like, I think, like I said, like 600, like a quarter of our babies are born in, in um, baby friendly hospitals here. So, so I, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. So I was going to start talking about the steps, but what were you going to say? I was actually probably going to lead. It was probably my question was probably going to lead into that was um, I imagine that the the steps or the first of all, I feel like this is so backwards. Like, I feel like the government should be making hospitals do this. You know, instead, it's reversed. Hospitals are fighting for this um, and they're for this designation, right? This baby friendly designation or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the government should be making hospitals follow these rules. Right. Right. But what we're doing is we're, we actually push the formula into hospitals 
And so I imagine some of these steps are kind of trying to push back on that. Yes. Okay. Yep. They absolutely. So. What a ridiculous situation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This makes me so angry. (laughs) This is so ridiculous. Uh, Go ahead. And I don't even know if I should get into this before, after I talk about the 10 steps, but (laughs) there are a lot of entities that do not believe in this. They don't think that it works. They're like, this isn't a real, this doesn't really work. This isn't beneficial. Um, the people from like Fed are best. Fed is best. Uh-huh. What is that? Fed, whatever. The Fed um, is best foundation or yeah. campaign or whatever they call I it. I think yeah. the person that started that, who had a very negative breastfeeding experience, which is why they started that group, mm-hmm. was a baby friendly hospital. Felt like she was just pushed into everything and nobody suggested any other kind of support uh, for her. Uh-huh. So people are saying like, and I, I think it really depends on the hospital. Obviously everything depends on the hospital. Everything depends on the people that you are dealing with within that hospital. There right. are and straight and, and even huge and, and even larger is like our, our, our society at large doesn't believe in breastfeeding. You know, right. we don't see it. We don't, we don't understand it to be like the biological norm. So of course it's like, you know, some people are just like, well, wait a minute, why am I being forced since this, you know, Right. But there are several steps to baby friendly. It's not just encourage breastfeeding. Like there's, right, there's several right, steps right. There's here. All kinds of, yeah, sure. So it's like, if you're looking at these steps and you're implementing these steps, even, even hospitals that are not baby friendly, if you are at least implementing some of these steps, you're going to do better with breastfeeding, with breastfeeding statistics in your hospital. Mm-hmm. So if people are looking to be like, okay, I, I know my hospital's not going to go baby friendly. Like the one that I used to work at, I was like, oh, it'd be so cool if we were baby friendly. And they're like, yeah, that's never going to happen here. <laughs> you know, because you know why? In baby friendly, one of the steps is that the hospitals cannot accept free formula. They yeah, have to purchase see? it. They shouldn't even be allowed to, the formula company shouldn't be allowed to give it. They exactly. shouldn't be allowed to accept it at all. But that is part of our thing here. Whereas in other countries, they don't, it's not like that. Right. They don't, they so just follow here, the who. Exactly. They follow the who here. We don't do that here. The the formula that you're getting in the hospital is donated by the, by the formula companies or very, 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 very cheap. I don't even know, but yeah. Along with, you know, a lots of money and lots of steak dinners and lots of other in- incentives to push right. their product. There's a lot of incentives there. So if you become baby friendly, you have to agree to not accept that. Mm-hmm. And you have Which, to- by the way, shouldn't be up to the hospital. It should just be a government thing that you're not allowed, the companies aren't allowed to do that. Right. And I'll go on to say before somebody says that I'm like anti-formula, if you do want formula, it should be free. Right. For you, you shouldn't have to be paying for it. That's and what these, I think. These hospitals, they do have formula. It's just that right. they, they just have don't, to purchase yeah. it. They right. have to purchase it at a, you know, whatever rate that they're purchasing it at. So they're not going to be as free to give it away. Right. That That's just makes the them like a little bit more like, okay, well, we're going to use this as needed, not as just a general push onto everybody. They're supposed to be using that money to train their employees so that everybody is trained in breastfeeding and they're supposed to be implementing breastfeeding policies so that if someone says, I think I need formula, they have somebody that can help with that. Mm-hmm. But, or instead of saying, oh, your baby seems really hungry, we're just going to give them formula. You know, like if the mother requests it, 
they they are supposed to give it if the mother requests it in a baby mm-hmm. friendly hospital, but they're not supposed to just automatically say, "Oh, your baby's cluster feeding; they must be starving." Let's give them some formula. They can't do that there. At least they're not supposed to, because it's you know right. Just they're just you know they they just don't they're not as open to giving it away. Right. So step number one of these 10 steps to better breastfeeding is hospital policies and supporting mothers and breastfeeding parents. So that is not promoting formula, um, making breast and chest feeding care standard practice, and keeping track of support for breast and chest feeding. That is number one. So they're supposed to have all everybody, you know, in that hospital, on the maternity floor, everybody everywhere is supposed to be supportive of breastfeeding. Okay. Sounds good. Right. Even the person that comes in to sweep your floor is supposed to be supportive. All the people. Oh, they could probably just not say anything. You would think, right? You could probably just stay out of <laughs> stay out I, of my stay out of my business if you're sweeping the floor. When I was working in the hospital, we had this one um they did the hearing test you know they come in and they do the little hearing test on the babies uh uh and she was like overly breastfeeding friendly (laughs) and (laughs) she would be like oh i helped that mom in room whatever and i'm like you can't just do that (laughs) like you're there to check the freaking hearing on the baby that sounds a little like gets getting into a little cultish there with everybody's like oh you're breastfeeding oh that's so wonderful i'm so supportive of that let me help sweep, you sweep sweep i know no it's like, no it's I creepy. Don't know. Yeah, so the next one is number two is staff competency hospitals supporting parents to breast and chest feed by training staff that would be good and assessing health workers knowledge and skills so there is specific trainings that have been put together and organized for staff members. Unfortunately, they just do a lot of it online because they're like, oh, here, you need this so many hours of training. So just here, just do it online when you get a chance. Because hospital staff doesn't tend to be able to go to trainings. You know, they need them on the floor, which is another problem. Yeah, They don't have enough staff to let people get trained. So a lot of times when we wanted to go to conferences or you know trainings and you know cool things like that they either wouldn't support it financially for us because they were like no we can't afford to send you to this if you want to do it you have to do it on your own at your own cost or they would be like we can't give you the time off for that so it's very frustrating Uh, yeah that's ridiculous so this is something that like getting staff trained is a big deal but they need to let's just keep the staff uninformed right (laughs) I mean, that's really great for a formula company's initiative, like for their bottom line, like that's really a great way to do it. Right. So it's, you know, really, it's unfortunate. I think within the past year, because of so many trainings being on Zoom and everything, I hope a lot of people have been able to take advantage of that and do more trainings. But it's never the same, you know, when you can do in-person training and you can ask questions. It's just, you know, it's never the same. But I, there is something called the 20-hour training for the Breastfeeding Friendly Hospital Initiative. And I am actually trained to do that training. 
So I've done it for, um, you know, for different staff members, for different groups in the past, because it is also, it's 20 hours of training. So it can also help to um, renew, like certified lactation counselors need to renew their certification every couple of years. So it, it would renew that. But you know, even offer, it's like, I'm the only person in our area that can do that training. Yeah. And even if I would like put it out and offer it, like hospitals would never send their staff, yeah. you know, like it just, it would, if people went, it was because they wanted to on their own. They wanted to get that information on their own. So right. it's really unfortunate. It's like, you know what? I could train all your staff and you guys are just declining it, which is really sad. Yep, because breastfeeding is not a priority. Exactly. So number three is antenatal care. Hospitals support breastfeeding parents to breastfeed by discussing the importance of breastfeeding and chest feeding for babies and parents and preparing families in how to feed their baby. So this is going right into OB care and midwifery care. This is stuff yeah. that should be talked about prenatal. They should be taking a few minutes in each appointment to be talking about breastfeeding. Yeah. Or feeding choices, just like going over your feeding choices. Like, you know, I never had that. Right. Exactly. They never mentioned it once. It's like when you get to the hospital, they say, like, oh, what do you want to do? Breastfeed or formula feed? Yeah. You... Like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, oh. And they just like, I would say even, yeah, even with my OBGYN experience and my midwife experience, I don't, we didn't really speak about that. Yeah. And they really should be. It's something yeah. that should be coming up. Should we continue after a break from our sponsors? Yeah, absolutely. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. The original milk saver is designed to wear on the opposite breast while breastfeeding. But sometimes we're leaking in between feedings when we're on the go or at work. The Milky's Milk Saver On The Go is a discreet and comfortable breast milk collection system that requires zero effort on your part. You simply slip them into your bra while your milk collects inside them. When you are ready, you empty them. When you're ready to empty them, you pour them, the milk collected, into a storage bag to add to your stash or to use for any of the dozens of uses for breast milk. They cannot be seen under your clothes. They are small enough to carry in your purse and reusable. These can also be used to protect sore or cracked nipples while they heal as they create a small opening and protect the area around your nipples. Save your precious breast milk, money, and the environment by cutting down or even eliminating the use of breast pads. Breast milk is worth saving. Check out the Milky's Milk Saver on the go at fairhavenhealth.com. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com. And use promo code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase there. And this episode is also sponsored by Sheila Darling Coaching. The transition to parenthood can be intense. Feelings of anxiety and depression are actually quite common. Your feelings should not be ignored. You deserve space where you can process this transition and all of the emotional and psychological changes that come with it. You may hear people telling you to just enjoy it or it all goes by so fast. These statements are dismissive of the changes we're going through when we have a new baby. Transitioning to a new family member isn't always the peaceful journey we see on TV. Sheila Darling Coaching can be that professional support person that Diane and I are always saying there is no shame in getting. Sheila Darling is a social worker, certified hypnotherapist, and mindfulness meditation teacher. 
and could be your start to a more peaceful life. Head to SheilaDarling.com to schedule your consultation today and mention this podcast and get 10% off of a coaching package. Uh, these sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes will also include further information about things we talk about in this episode. And at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you'll also find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, episodes, <laughs> episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. And this week's shout out. This week's shout out goes to Melanated Midwives. Melanated Midwives, you can find them on Instagram and they're um they say that more black indigenous and people of color midwives are needed. Melanated Midwives provides financial support through 3 $5,000 scholarships annually to student midwives that identify as black indigenous or people of color. So head to, um, you can go to uh, melanatedmidwives.org and uh, file, find out more information about that. But that is, I love that initiative and check it out. If you identify as black, indigenous or a person of color, you could be um, qualify for one of these uh, scholarships and enrich the uh, midwifery profession. That's amazing. I know do that. I love it. And um, that's all I've got. It's all. What, what number are we on? We four? are on number four. Yes. Number four is care right after birth, which is basically encouraging that skin to skin contact right away after birth. If both parent and baby are healthy and everything is, is perfect. Um, and to help the, that breastfeeding parent breastfeed her baby right after birth. You know, like within that first hour, we want those Mm -hmm. babies to be skin to skin. We want the baby to go and be able to feed pretty quickly, not because they're starving, but because that's what they do. Um, And that is number four, is that skin to skin contact right after. And that is something that really has taken off. I feel like that happens pretty much around the board. I haven't heard from anybody recently um, from like the messages and stuff like that, that we get from around the country and around the world, but they don't get that skin to skin time. So hopefully yeah, that is maybe after like a C-section or something. Yeah. And that's that becoming sometimes. a little bit more. Yeah. They're getting better, getting yeah. better with that. They're getting better with that. So hopefully that'll continue to grow and it'll be a just a normal thing after C-sections too. Number five, supporting mothers and breastfeeding parents with breast and chest feeding. Hospitals support breastfeeding parents to breast and chest feed by checking position and attachment, checking, making sure that they're sucking, um, giving practical support and advice, helping mothers and breastfeeding parents with common problems, common breast and chest feeding problems. So pain concerns. Is my baby getting enough? Are they doing okay? And really, somebody should be taking the time to teach you these things and to sit with you and make sure that you know what you're looking for. And this is kind of where it comes in, where I find a lot of discrepancy, even with the baby-friendly hospitals, is that you find that there's a lot of misinformation 
or a lot of confusing information, you know, like Mm -hmm. maybe your nurse on day one came and told you A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. And then the nurse that you saw overnight told you something completely different. And then the next nurse the next day said, no, don't listen to them. This is what I Uh, want you to do. I hear this all the time. Yes. Yes. I remember experiencing that. Mm -hmm. And And they should be on the the same page. And yeah. And then they would, they are like, talk about each other. Yeah. You know, they would just be like, oh, I'm so, oh, she's so annoying. She just does this and this and this. And no, that's not right. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to do it like this. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I mean, when I'm in the PEDS office, the parents are like, we just wanted to get here because we knew you would be here and we could work with one person, you know, because they, we heard so many different things. And I hear that from people that deliver everywhere. Yeah, yep, yep. It is such a common problem. And that could be helped with like the training part. Exactly. And everybody's on the same page if there's consistency to the training. But the pro- one of the big problems is you have people that have their own experiences and they want you to live through their experience. Yes. Yes. Which we don't do that for any other aspect of healthcare. No, I know it's so true. Everybody really just starts putting in their two cents when it comes to babies. It's insane. It starts with pregnancy. And it, yes, exactly. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's insane. So, getting the the support that you need, they really should be helping. The one of the other things that I hear a lot too from families is that they don't. Either they get too much information and they're inundated with a lot of conflicting information or they don't get that much at all. So they're like, I, you know, the, the staff came in and they were like, oh my gosh, you haven't fed the baby. It's been six hours. And, and the breastfeeding parent said, well, I, I didn't know I was supposed to wake up the baby. Yeah. I had no idea that that was what I was supposed to be doing. Like, well, yes, of course. Of course you have to wake up the baby to feed the baby. How are you supposed to know that? Yeah, how do you know? Yeah. It's your first baby. You're probably exhausted from birthing yeah and everyone keeps coming in to wake up the baby to poke (laughs) them and prod them and twist them and hang them upside down and you're like oh my god this baby's just trying to sleep i know you don't want to wake them up Uh, yeah so it's like it's either one or the other either they act like you're supposed to know all the things which you're not by the way you're not supposed to know all the things or they tell you too many things so it's very frustrating Number six is supplementing. Hospitals support breastfeeding parents to breast and chest feed by giving only breast milk unless there are medical reasons, prioritizing donor human milk when a supplement is needed, helping breastfeeding parents who want to formula feed to do so safely. So nowhere on this list is to deny a parent formula if they're requesting it. That is not on this list. Yeah, you're right. It is, we want you to do it safely, which means not overfeeding with formula, which is really easy to do, paste bottle feeding, which is better for babies. I think we have an episode on that, um, kind of teaching them how to do that. So, And not pushing it on you against your will. Exactly. Not pushing That's it on you. That's mostly what happens. Yeah. So this is, this is what we have for supplementing. There was a mom that I did a... a virtual consult with she is in san francisco i think yes it was san francisco and the hospital that she gave birth in they had human milk for supplementing and that's that's, awesome and it wasn't like because here they do that they they do it in the NICU here in our NICU in rochester where i am but only that like your baby has to be like a certain 
so many weeks early and right. has to be, you know, like it, it really, there's like all these little rules to it, but this hospital, this was just a, you know, your average everyday, you know, full term baby that I don't remember if it was a jaundice or a blood sugar issue. And they supplemented with human milk, just like, okay, we're just going to give your baby human milk for supplementing with like, that is fantastic. That is an amazing thing totally. to be doing really in your cool. hospital. And I have never heard of that as just to be just like, oh, yeah, we supplemented with human milk. And then you know what those parents did when they went home? They got the same human milk for supplementing. Oh, so they uh-huh. continued that oh, on yeah. at home until her supply was established instead of just going to formula. Because that's what the formula companies want. They want you to start off with their formula in the hospital. So that's what you're going to continue with when you go home. Yeah. And that's what they did with human milk. So that baby never had to have the formula, which was amazing. So they, and like I mentioned before, with baby friendly, you have to agree to not accept these things, to not accept formula. So they're really supposed to be more supportive of having babies breastfeed. Rooming in, this is Mm, another thing mm -hmm. that is on the list and hospitals are supporting Breastfeeding mothers by letting them stay together day and night, making sure that mothers of sick babies can stay near their babies. Um, This was one of the complaints. I read an article about people that were complaining about baby friendly and delivering at a baby friendly hospital. And this was one of the complaints. They wouldn't take my baby. Hospitals, a lot of hospitals don't have nurseries anymore. They just don't have it. They don't have the staff to support a nursery. They don't, they just don't have it. So they encourage you to room in. And there are some parents that really don't want to do that or they feel uncomfortable rooming in. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important to room in. It really is. It is. For your baby. Staying in the same environment, staying exposed to the same. Yeah, you want to you see know, their things. cues, you want to learn yeah. them. And research that has been done about rooming in has shown that parents are more confident when they room in with their babies, going home with that baby because they've been watching their cues, they've been listening to them, they've been responding right away when they cry. Yeah. I remember being in the hospital with Jack and um the nurse, the one main nurse who I can't remember right now, I remember her coffee breath. Oh, all God. the time. But she was so amazing. And we like sent her flowers afterwards. She helped us breastfeed and all that. I mean, they also gave us formula and tried to ruin everything, but it wasn't really her fault. Um, I remember like, you know, shortly after delivery, you know, sitting there, you know, with Jack sleeping in the little, you know, the little box that they sleep in next to the bed. <laughs> and uh, I was like, so exhausted. And she was like, do you want me to take him? She was like, I can take him for a little while so you can rest. I'll hold him. I'll take him. I'll take care of him. And like, I, it just freaked me out. I was like, no, it's okay. Like, just leave him here. Um, but she was like, you know, I think that there are people who are so, and you have so, depending on how many drugs you had during, yeah, you know, like sometimes people need like a minute to recover from the birth experience. Yeah. So it would be nice to have a nurse that could, you know, what would be even amazing is if the nurses could do like wrap the babies and do skin to skin while they do their rounds. I know that would you know, be put, awesome. Like just putting them in there and kind of just like, you know, you have one on the front, one on the back. I don't know. <laughs> I know. You no, know, we could never do that here because of the liability and all this. Oh my God. Oh. And you know, it would never happen, but like that would be great. It would be. Yeah. 
It would be um, great. But yeah, I mean, I was too uncomfortable with it. But I can see somebody being like, I just need to sleep for a few hours. Like, sleep this off. You need to sleep off the hangover. I know. And that's how I was with the twins. Yeah. And I was by myself because we had a two-year-old at home. So my ex-husband went home to be with our son, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I had a C-section. Yeah. It was really hard to get up and down and move around. Yeah. And I needed that extra help. So they really should be like, if it works, and this is kind of how it is, if it works, and we, the hospital that I worked in, we didn't have a nursery, but they did have nurses that would take the baby for a couple hours if necessary. You know, a nurse mm-hmm. would always offer to do that um, and just kind of like keep the baby close with them while they did their charting or whatever. But when I had Nathan in an army hospital, and this was 20 years ago before they were really doing rooming in, they were like, I was like, do you take him? And they're like, no, unless there's something wrong with him, but there's nothing wrong with him. He stays with you. And I was like, okay. I mean, I was in the army. We didn't argue with that. We were just like, (laughs) okay, you know, but they didn't, they were like, nope, he stays with you. He does not leave you unless there is a medical reason why. And I said, okay. And it's, that was it. Uh, Number It's so funny that you asked though. I know. Because like know we it. still have this like this thing with authority hospital people being the authority. Like, do you take my baby? And I didn't know. Are you gonna take I know. Nobody knows. Right? I had no idea. Nobody was- has any idea. And then it's just like, are you gonna take my baby? Are you supposed to take my baby? Like, is he keeping are you, staying are you with gonna me? Decide, like where do you yeah, do I keep my baby or do you keep my baby? Like what a <laughs> weird ass situation we are it in is. in this country. It is so weird. Number eight, responsive feeding. And all this means is that they are supposed to help you to recognize when your baby is hungry and help you to understand that there shouldn't be any limits on breastfeeding. And I have yet to to meet somebody who said, oh, at the hospital, they told me to just let the baby feed whenever they want. You know, oh, I, I know. Mean, There's always some numbers and rules around it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll hear them say, no, definitely just keep putting the baby back on. But it depends on who you are with. It's not very common that you'll hear that. You usually hear like the numbers and the rules and the regulations, but they're supposed to be working with you to say, okay, see what your baby's doing right now. This means that they're hungry. Let's put them back to breast again. You know, like that's, mm-hmm. they're supposed to be teaching you these things and helping you with this. Nine, this is another one that pisses people off sometimes. No bottles, teats, pacifiers. Uh-huh. So the hospitals, like the hospitals here, like I said, there's only one baby friendly one, but none of them give pacifiers unless it's Oh like my God. A, they could yeah. not. They're obsessed with putting a pacifier in Jack's mouth. I kept throwing it in the garbage <laughs> and another one would appear. It was just like this magical pacifier thing that kept happening. And I'm like, he doesn't need that. And they're boop. They just kept putting them in there. I was like, oh my God, how many many of these do you have? I know, right? They come out of the woodwork. But like people would ask at the hospital I worked at, they'd be like, can I have a password? We're like, we don't have them. Like we literally didn't have them. Special care nurseries would have them because if babies were like, you know, under lights or something like that, they had to soothe them somehow. So they would give them a pacifier. But um if you just had your baby with you, they didn't. So people would just bring their own. So it's like, okay, if you wanted to have your, your baby to have a pacifier, bring one because they're not going to give them one at the hospital. But they're supposed to be kind of like, you know, counseling on the risks of that. Making sure you know your baby's feeding cues because you don't want to be plugging them in with a pacifier if, if they're really hungry. You know, you want to feed them. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the things that is one of the steps. And like I said, it pisses people off because they want their babies to have a pacifier. And people are like, sorry, can't help you in a baby friendly hospital. Yeah, right. 
Um, and at discharge, they're supposed to be referring you to community supports and working with communities to improve the breast and chest feeding supports that are in their area. LOL. Right. So, but that is something that is part of the, of the 10 steps is making sure that parents are being discharged with information of where they can get help if they need it. And that is important. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if were you given any information? No, no I was given any information at all. Yeah. They just brought, yeah, took me to the door and they're like, bye. <laughs> with all your formula. Right. With our big giant bag of formula and the baby that I didn't know how to take care of. Right. Bye. So basically, like, so those are the 10 steps. So you have, there are hospitals that will, you know, that will be doing some of these steps automatically. They're doing skin to skin. They're doing rooming in. They're doing no pacifiers. But it's maybe not all the 10 steps because they're not a baby-friendly hospital because they still have the formula there. So that should be, though, that even if you can do some of these steps, that should be supportive of breast and chest feeding for parents. Yeah. I mean, those are good steps. They are. But if you are delivering in a baby-friendly hospital, then, you know, you should be expecting this kind of care. That's what that means. You know, you're delivering in a breastfeeding baby-friendly hospital. You should be expecting care to support you and your new baby. Yeah. For, and how can you find out if a hospital is baby friendly? You could just Google it. Google the hospital that you're planning to deliver in. Or like baby friendly hospitals in my area. Or yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, well, thanks, Diane. That was yeah. very informative. Well. That's what you're here for. That's what I'm here for. I know. I was trying to think of like some sassy response and like nothing was I coming. I spent most of my day trying to think of a sassy response. It's like most, <laughs> mostly like dead silence for a few seconds and people are like, oh, she's trying to think of something smart enough to say. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just not quick like that. I know. I used to morning. be quicker, but you know, just give me a few seconds and some something smart ass will come out. I know. Exactly. Oh my God. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.